This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. It is really an honor to have Steve Dace uh, on with us. He is a national talk show host. He is a writer, he is an author, and one of the very few voices of sanity left in the wilderness uh, regarding the 2016 um, election. Steve, have we ever met before one-on-one? You know, we have crossed paths, uh, Glenn, many times, including uh, the Red State Gathering. Uh, We just sort of uh, missed each other, but I want to tell you, over the course of my career, you're one of the two people that my audience has most often compared me to, and hopefully by the time this conversation is done, you will consider that a compliment. So thanks for having me on. Oh, my gosh. I, Steve, I know who you are. I mean, I, I've listened to you, and that you, um, you've you listened to me no, enough to know that is an insult to you, <laughs> not the other way around. Um, you, are, you are brilliant, well-spoken, and I have to tell you, one of the more brave people in America today. I have tremendous, tremendous respect for you. Um, tell me what it is like to... It, am, I, am I mistaken? Weren't you one of the first um, to have Donald Trump on your show? Mm-hmm. Was he on your show? And you were one of the first to actually, because he wouldn't come on my show, to actually take him on and say, look, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to be kind here, but that's, you're full of crap. <laughs> you know, Glenn, it, um, I, have, I have Monday morning quarterbacked myself in this election so many times because of where I live in Iowa. About three seconds after Romney lost, people started calling me on the phone uh, to talk about four years from now. I mean, even before uh, the 2012 election, I had people calling me up about uh, 2016, assuming Romney was going to lose. So um, the Trump people came to me very early. A gentleman named Sam Nunberg, who's a friend of mine, who was instrumental in getting Trump's uh, campaign off the ground. He had worked with Jay Sekulow, so he knew a lot of figures in the conservative movement. And we were sitting at Ruth Chris Steakhouse in Manhattan in uh, 2013. And he was asking me, hey, you know, if we were thinking about running, what should we do? And I didn't really think they were serious. So I, I threw out some names, one of whom they ended up actually hiring to run their campaign. And that's when I knew they were serious. And, you know, I was sitting backstage at a, at a leadership summit a couple of years ago uh, as we were gearing up for the caucuses. I was co emceeing that event with Frank Lenz of Fox. And I was getting ready to actually meet with Trump privately. I'd already met with him several times. He'd been on my show several times about the prospect of joining their campaign. And I'm sitting there, Glenn, backstage, uh, 20 feet from him when he tells Frank Luntz that he's never asked God for forgiveness because he's never done anything wrong. And I'm not a John McCain fan politically, but I come from a a family of military people like so many others do. And he says, you know, I I like people who aren't captured. And I didn't, I froze. I didn't know what to do. And I thought, you know, they're going to ask me, how do you fix this? I don't think you can. So I'm not proud of this, but I hit the eject button and just walked out. And that was the last time our paths ever crossed. But the reason I've game planned this out is because I've wondered, you know, uh, in our line of work, Glenn, we are damned if we do and damned if we don't. If guys like Donald Trump come along and they, and they seem like they want to, they want to curry favor with us. They want to, be a part of our movement. If we shoot them down right away, then everybody calls us purists, and we, we, we don't want to expand the tent. But if we don't shoot them down right away, then everybody says, well, you lack discernment. You should have seen this coming. So trust me, I have wondered if, um, how much of a role I played 
in allowing this con to get as far as it has. So, Steve, what, um, because we have played this over and over, because you're right, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And um, in the end, uh, I would rather be damned for, uh, for, for standing for the principles that I believe um, than standing and, and compromising those principles into nothingness. Is there, you, you said recently, um, I want to read this exactly. I, I saw you say this, and I thought it was such a great statement. You said that um, Donald Trump could have named Judas Iscariot as his running mate, and his supporters still would have remained on board. It, what's, really, oh, yeah. what's really amazing to me is the policies that he is coming out with and the things that he is saying. I really, truly believe when he was at the GOP convention, he was shocked that we would applaud for a gay man. Mm-hmm. And when he came out and said, I just want to thank you for that, he really thinks that we are uh, the, the monsters that have been painted as monsters. And, 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 and in, in many ways, we are starting to be those people. Yeah. How do you explain the people who have called your show and listened to you for so long and have said, Steve, I am with you with the principles and we got to get back to the principles and now have abandoned all of them. Glenn, the most heartbreaking thing of this election and, the, and what I think will have long standing repercussions will, will not be the zany hijinks of Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram or Fox news. The minute Rubio dropped out becoming Donald Trump's de facto super PAC, those things. I mean, we have seen people contort themselves into pretzels for elections and we've all done it. That's the human condition before that's, that's not going to be, I think, the longstanding impact. What you just described will be, and, and this is the most heartbreaking thing to me, is that Donald Trump, as a New York City liberal, has successfully capitalized on liberal stereotypes of conservatives. Yes. With the birther card against Ted Cruz, with the conspiracy cards, uh, with the low information cards, with the race baiting, with the, you know, I, I think I'm pretty well connected in this movement, Glenn. I don't know about you. I'd never heard of the alt right or Pepe the Frog right. until this year. I didn't even know what no. the hell this stuff was. Okay. No, and him and his team, but, you know, the Alex yeah. Jones audience and, the, and that sort of fringe underneath the radar, oh. they have used that masterfully to their advantage. And what, and what has bothered me so much about this is. The rest of the country, you know, we're undergoing, undergoing right now a major demographic shift in the country and a generational shift. And we are redefining whatever the results are going to be November the 8th, one way or the other, for the next generation. We have, re, we have allowed him to redefine what it means to be an orthodox religious believer, what it means to be a conservative for the generation that is emerging. Mm-hmm. And that is a very dangerous place for us to be going well, into the future. I, I will tell you, I, I, I don't think people understand that um, what you just said is absolutely right. You look at what's happening with the millennials and who they're voting for. They, it is a ghost town of <laughs> Trump support. It is, it is mainly the people 55, 65 plus that are piling in behind Donald Trump. And he, he has now completely redefined for the millennials you don't it's 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 a it's a, a line millennials will never cross now because of Donald Trump. And I don't think people see that No, And, and you know, where I see this as well is I see this in the Christian church a lot. I'm heavily involved with, um, you know, a conservative evangelical political organization. And man, you could walk through Glenn. You could walk through the offices of every major evangelical political organization in the country 
and, and you could draw a generational line right there in their corporate offices. Pretty much everybody 40 and under uh, is very uncomfortable to outright hostile with this. Everybody 40 and over is, or, or 50 and over, as you pointed out, is all on board like he's the second coming itself. And, and I wonder how in the world are you going to be unified in purpose when this is over if you can't even agree in your own offices? And I think a lot of this is a generational perspective. I think this is the last gasp of the baby boomers, the last gasp of the lesser of two evils, the, the last gasp of mm-hmm. the Ann Coulter notion that any bad Republican's better than a good Democrat. And so I think we're going through the birth pangs of what this movement, our movement, whatever it's going to be, it's going to look a lot different. I'm going forward than it was uh, since so the dawn of the Reagan it, era. What does it look like going forward? What happens? Well, the first thing you're going to see, I think we have to decide, figure out who's going to win or lose uh, on November the 8th, because I think that's going to determine what the reaction is. If Trump wins, if you want a third party, then you should be rooting for Trump to win. Because if you can see how much he has divided the right in one year as a candidate, mm-hmm. imagine what the hell he'll do four years as president. Okay. Um, and I think you there's will no way really, in your mind, there's no way that all of these he's going to appoint great people to the Supreme no. Court. He's going to be so much better. None of that comes true in your mind. No, I, I don't. And I and, and frankly, I think I know him a lot better than a lot of these pundits do, uh, because I was one of the very first people they ever wooed to join their team. And, and I can just tell you that the Donald Trump sort of pardon my expression, but the douchebag act that we've seen on the stump <laughs> for the last six months. <laughs> was nothing at all, Glenn, like what I was wooed with. I, you know, I listened to a guy who was who's not a conservative, but was conscientious, pro-American. I mean, when I went out and saw what he put with the, what he per, the persona he crafted on the stump, that showed me there isn't really anything. There is no there there. There's no core there. Uh-huh. He is like most con men, a reflection of what he thinks you need to see from him at the so, moment. So, so, if, if, so, but wait a minute. This is what people are saying is so positive that he's really the guy you met before, and when he had to go win, he did what he had to do to win, but he's really a conscientious guy who And not a America. politician. That's and, the beauty of all that. And not a politician. Right? So, so there, you're, you're saying what many supporters say is a good thing. Why is it not a good thing? Well, because what's, what, what's really happening here, frankly, is good old-fashioned, and this is a word we don't use anymore in our day and age, it's good old-fashioned idolatry, guys. I mean, this is a story like right out of the Old Testament where people go to a yes. judge, go to the Judge Samuel and say, hey, give yeah. us a king so we can be like everybody else. So God gives them a king that is strapping, looks the part, but he's also duplicitous, feckless, untrustworthy. Yeah. In other words, he gave them a king just like everybody else. And, and that yet, is exactly what you see happening here. And yet the people who, who recognize it the least are the evangelicals. How is that even possible? The, the most surprising thing in this whole election cycle is the has, has been to watch the Christian evangelical pastors fall one after another and just get run. Well, we're not electing a pastor in chief. No, you know what? Let me go here, Steve. Let me go. God's here. using him. Let, let, let me go here with this. I hear this from Christians all the time. God has placed him here and is going to use him. And he can't use Hillary Clinton. But he can use Donald Trump. Well, why? I, I don't know, but that's what they say. He's God. He can use right. whoever he wants. I know. So how do you respond to that? It's, it's interesting how at election time, gentlemen, God can only use really uh, feckless, debased, and morally depraved Republicans. That, that's yeah. an interesting gospel that uh, I go to yeah. church on Sunday and, 
and acknowledge. Uh, couldn't have used week. Ted Cruz, right? He couldn't have <laughs> yes. used him. Well, but I mean, no, if he could use Donald thing. Trump, I, I, he can I, certainly I, use Hillary. Yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. exactly. I, I have little doubt that God is using Donald Trump. I have, if there's one thing that I'm 100 percent confident about in this election, it is that God is using Donald Trump. I just don't think he's using him for the purposes that many believe. What you, are, <laughs> what you, what you, what you see throughout history is that when God is, God has to prepare his people to be moved before they can be moved. And you are watching a pruning. Right. You are watching a painful process. You are watching mm-hmm. Gideon being told, hey, I want to get this down to the first 300, to the people that are really committed. You are watching this happen. You're watching toy soldiers in the Christian church. If you, if you want to know, you know, if you ever... You know, here, in, if, if you live in a town where you got one of these massive mega churches or 20, and yet you sit there and think, you know, down the street at the government school, they're teaching the just absolute moral sludge with my tax dollars. What the hell's going on at this massive mega church every Sunday? If you've ever wondered what's been going on for the last 20 years in American Christendom, you were watching it play out in this election. So I have no Steve. doubt that God is using Trump in a mighty way, but I think it is probably not for the reasons that many of his sycophants and shills are articulating. Um, Steve, have you, you said you've done a lot of soul-searching on your position, because I imagine the attacks on you are, well, they are like us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it is remarkable. I have seen attacks from George Soros, and they were tame in comparison to what uh, Trump and the Trump supporters have unleashed on me and my company. I've never seen anything like it. It's remarkable. Um, well, people <laughs> have a tendency not to like it when you don't adore the same idol that they do. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's That's funny. Bad. I've never been attacked more ever. But the weird thing about this is um, I was involved in helping to take out some state Supreme Court justice here in Iowa about six years ago that thought that they got to be their own constitutional convention. Since then... This is the most comfortable I've been in, in the last six years as a broadcaster, the most at peace, the most confident. I mean, I'm sleeping like a baby every single I'm night. Too. So I'm the too. haters notwithstanding, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with where I'm at. Steve, have you ever put your finger on what it is they worship so much about this guy? How, how yes. did this happen? What, what is it? I think it's just this simple. And, you know, I saw in Iowa four years ago when Herman Cain ran. And I went to one of his very first town halls, and I'm thinking, well, you know, he doesn't have any political experience, but this guy does what we do for a living. He's a talk show host, so at least he's going to know the issues. He stood up there for an hour, guys. He didn't know a damn thing about a damn thing. Didn't know anything. I mean, just literally didn't know anything. And yet I watched a bunch of people in the audience applaud. And I realized the reason they're applauding is they're thinking, hey, you know what? We're sick of being called racist. This guy's black, so let's go ahead and cheer him on because – uh, that way we can't be called racist anymore, almost a, a form of reverse racism. Okay. And I think, you're, I think the same thing's happened with Trump, but it's authoritarianism. People mm. have seen Barack Obama act as an authoritarian to impose his will ruthlessly by hook or by crook or with a pen and a phone. And I think a lot of our people have said, you know what, our principles can't save us. What we need is an authoritarian who will do the exact same things to them that he's done to us. In other words, we are being wow. motivated by the worst aspects of our nature. That's a terrible instinct to be playing into. Uh, and we now hear... And yet that makes sense. It does make sense. It does seem that way. And you get that sort of thing where it's not just... Because uh, the passionate people at the beginning for Trump certainly were that way. But now people get to that point where it's down to a binary choice that we're all told mm-hmm. about. Uh, that it is... You are hurting the country by not voting for this man that you 
stood up for for months and months and months and said was terrible for the country. I don't understand how that math works out. We, we, on my show, guys, we call it the magic R, that the minute someone becomes the Republican mm-hmm. nominee, they get the magic R. Like they've been, <laughs> they've been cleansed in the blood of Jesus uh, with the magic R, okay? And some gal who looks like her hair lost the fight with a paintball gun came down and, and said, for your love gifts this month. And, and they're instantly, you know, they're instantly absolved of their sins. But that is, again, that is, again, a form of idolatry. What's funny is we have mocked yeah. racial minorities for years for behaving just like this, with Amen. the Democratic Party, they get nothing out of. Amen. And now we are doing the exact same thing. You know, God has a way of convicting us of our own hypocrisies. And I think you're watching that happen right now. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. If you're in the market for a new mattress, Casper.com slash Glenn should be the next website you visit. Casper created an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's one perfect mattress that's sold directly to you, and that eliminates the need to endure one of those commissioned salesman mattress stores with inflated prices. Casper is shipped for free right to your door, astonishingly delivered in a teeny little box that you're going to look at and say, you got to be kidding me, it's all in there. Just open up the box, and it will be the most supportive sleep you've ever had. It's designed to be that way and designed to be hassle-free. Casper is made right here in America, and Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Breathable latex and memory foams are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Right now, you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. It's casper.com slash Glenn.